The reading today is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 15 to 31, and you can find that on page 725 in the Church Bibles. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 50. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the, on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then would you compare God? To what image would you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught, and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground, and he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like a chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Lord, the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one, and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. Great, let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your word. And we praise you and thank you for your promises in your word. And ask please that you would help us to understand your promises as we come back to these verses. And that you would help us to put them into practice, to apply them to our own hearts. Amen.
So as Chris uh, said earlier, we come back to Isaiah chapter 40 verses 30 and 31, which are our verses for the year. And I hope uh, you've been managing to remember them. If you've, uh, of the sign language ones, anyone remember any of them? Did you remember eagle? You got eagle? Yeah, that's the one. Or banana. Um, or whatever that might be. Yeah, that's the one I remembered. Didn't remember many of the other. Oh, that one as well. Quite like that one. Um, but it's good. Obviously, it's the words that we want to remember. And uh, particularly those, uh, that promise that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And that is a promise we need just as much now as we did at the beginning of the year. We said at the beginning of the year, I said at the beginning of the year, we were going to come back to these verses uh, three times in the year. Beginning of the year, now, and we'll come back to them at the beginning of the autumn term as well. Because we want these verses to be ones that we hold on to, that we remember, and that we put into practice. And you need to keep coming back to truths in God's word, don't you? In order to keep applying it, not just learn it once and then forget about it, but keep coming back to it. And these promises are particularly so. Well, at the beginning of the year, in the first sermon of the year, we thought about um, uh, the Lord and what Isaiah 40 tells us about the Lord. Because in order to put our hope in the Lord, the way Isaiah motivates, or the way the Lord motivates his people, is by showing them the Lord. Uh, Literally, in verse 9, if you look down at the passage, uh, a little bit before the bit Jonathan started reading, God calls for a herald, someone to proclaim... And what is the herald to proclaim? End of verse 9. He is to proclaim, here is your God. And then he goes on and twice says, see, verse 10, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. Uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, and the Lord actually, through Isaiah, is saying... The motivation, the way you're going to get motivated to put your hope in the Lord is to look at the Lord, to see him, to behold your God. Look at him. Imagine you're walking through the jungle. I have a kind of uh, Tarzan film kind of jungle scene going on in my mind as I thought about this. Imagine you're going through the jungle uh, and I don't know why it's a jungle. It didn't have to be, but um, you're going through the jungle and you come, on, come to a river, raging river, and over that river is a bridge and you have a companion with you and your companion is not at all sure that they trust that bridge. How would you persuade that companion that the bridge is trustworthy, that the bridge will hold their weight? Well, you can say to them, look at it, see that bridge, see how well it's made, how sturdy it is. Or you might walk out onto the bridge and say, look, it holds my weight. And you might jump up and down on the bridge and say, look, it really is sturdy. And in a way, Isaiah 40 is doing that about the Lord. To say, put your hope in the Lord, look at the Lord, see how trustworthy he is. How mighty he is. How powerful he is. You can trust him. And so if you remember, uh, at the beginning of the year, we had four headings. If you remember this, you're doing very well. But at the beginning of the year, we had four headings from earlier in Isaiah 40. And here they are. 
that the word, and they related to God's word, God's arm, God's hand, and God's wisdom. God's word is eternal. His arm is strong and gentle. His hand is vast, and his wisdom is beyond measuring. In all those ways, Isaiah is jumping up and down on the bridge and saying, you can put your hope in the Lord. He doesn't just about hold your weight. He is infinitely capable of holding your weight. So put your hope in him. But chapter 40 doesn't just show us the greatness of God. It also shows us the foolishness of putting our trust in anything else. To expand the jungle imagery, as you come to the raging river, you have the trustworthy bridge that is the Lord. But there are many other bridges over this river. And chapter 40 is saying, don't put your trust in any of those other bridges. They are not stable. They will not hold your weight. Only the Lord will. But our problem is, and the problem that the Israelites faced, is that it is very tempting to put our hope in things other than the Lord. So with that in mind, what we're looking at today in Isaiah 40, and in the verses that, uh, that Jonathan read for us, we're looking at the rivals to God. First sermon was look at the Lord. Second sermon, this one is more look at those other things which Isaiah picks out, which the Lord picks out and says, those other things you're tempted to put your trust in, don't trust them, but trust in the Lord. And it's still looking to the Lord and seeing the comparison between them and the Lord. So three things. The first rival to God that we might be tempted to put our hope in, and Israel certainly were, uh, is in verses 15 to 17. And it is the nations. And our heading is the nations are like dust. So have a look at verse 15. It says, Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless, less than nothing. Now, the Lord picks out the nations here, not at random, but because Israel had been tempted to put their hope in nations. Israel, you see, had come under attack. Uh, Nations had attacked them. And they had attacked, and Israel was being defeated because they had disobeyed the Lord. That's what you find in Isaiah. It was judgment on them. But when they were attacked, in their fear, in their panic, they had looked to another nation to rescue them. They had looked to Egypt. So if you keep a hand in Isaiah 40, would you turn back to page 714, 714? And to Isaiah chapter 30. And I'll read the first couple of verses. This is what the Lord says 
to Israel. He says, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. And then turn the page to uh, Isaiah 31. And I'll read the first two verses there as well. Where it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Yet he too is wise and can bring disaster. He does not take back his words. He will, not, he will rise it up against the wicked nation, against those uh, who, who help evil, sorry, who help evildoers. <coughs> Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, he says. They had looked at Egypt. And in their plight, in their terror as they were surrounded, they looked to Egypt with their horses and chariots and thought, they look big and strong. A military superpower we can rely on. They are the ones to trust. Well, then we come to Isaiah 40, so do turn back to page 725. And God says... In verse 15, surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. God says before him, they are nothing. The nations attacking, but also Egypt. It says they are dust on the scales. Uh, Now, I know we've probably got, if you ask the physicists amongst us, there are probably scales which will be so sensitive as to uh, be, uh, be adjusted by dust, to detect dust. But generally, your kitchen scales and the scales they would have had then. Dust makes no difference whatsoever, does it? It doesn't register, and that's the point. The nations are like dust on the scales. Before the Lord, they are nothing. And do we need to learn from this? Well, yes, we do, don't we? Might we do something similar? As we look at the world, we can be in awe of the nations, can't we? The terrible destruction of Russia, the ominous threats of North Korea as they test missiles, the mighty powers of China and the US and and other nations as well as we've already prayed for, nations that are at war. We might think, well, praise the Lord, we are in the UK. And we pray that the Lord, that, that through that the UK, it being in the UK, we will be kept safe. Of course, some make desperate attempts to get to this country in order to be safe. Those crossing the channel, risking their lives to get to the UK. Maybe some here, maybe some watching online, have moved to this country or this area, for the security that it gives. 
Now, of course, it isn't wrong to move to be somewhere which is safer. It isn't wrong to make wise choices. But the issue is, where is your hope? Is your hope in the safety of the UK? Or is your hope in the Lord? God says, don't put your hope in nations. They are nothing before him. Less than nothing. And we know, don't we, that over all the nations, over all powers, over all authorities, there is the Lord Jesus. After he was raised from the dead, he was exalted far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. No, don't put your hope in nations. Put your hope in Jesus. The nations are like dust. The second thing Israel was tempted to put its hope in were idols. Idols are handmade and wobbly. Verses 19 and 20. We start at verse 18, sorry. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Well, again, the Israelites had been tempted to put their hope in idols. They had lots of them. In Isaiah 2 verse 8, you don't need to look it up, but it says their land was full of idols. And yet here, Isaiah ridicules the idols. The Lord ridicules the idols and does later on in Isaiah as well. These idols, which have to be made, which a metal worker has to cast and a goldsmith has to to overlay with gold and make silver chains for. No, these idols have to be created. And, uh, and it's a lovely image, well it's not a lovely image, but it's a ridiculing image, isn't it, of saying uh, poor people who can't afford all that metal, they've got to go for wood. But of course they've got to go for wood that won't rot, because that does, that's not a good look for an idol, is it, if it's rotting. And, end of verse 20, to set up an idol that will not topple. It's nice, isn't it? Be careful how you make your idol. Because you don't want a wobbly one, do you? Because that's not a good look for an idol either. Make sure, now you've got to make it right, you've got to make it flat so that it, because it, de- it depends on you making it right so that it won't be wobbly. Contrast with the Lord. Verse 21 and 22, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. (laughs) He doesn't wobble. He sits enthroned above the earth. And its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. Oh, he doesn't need to be made. He makes the heavens and spreads them out like a tent to live in. How foolish to put your hope in idols. Yet idols of our own making are all around us. 
Idols aren't just gods of other religions, but they are anything that we will put our hope in above God. Things we might create and then put our hope in. I wonder what that might be for you. Our money, our career and success, our investments and pensions, they can all be our hope. And yet all of them are things we've made and can be wobbly. Every time you check your investments, if you see their value has gone up, what does that do to you? It can make us feel more secure for now and for the future. But if the investments go down, our anxieties can rise. Showing they are wobbly and unstable and maybe we put too much hope in them. We need to hear this challenge. Putting your hope in man-made idols is a big mistake. Look rather at the permanence and greatness of God. Here is your God who made all things and is enthroned on high. That is the second thing, idols. Third thing is people. People are like plants. Verse 23 and 24, have a look. It says, he brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. The Lord now brings his attention to leaders, to rulers and princes. And again, this is the temptation of Israel. It's a bit like looking to the nations, isn't it? But this is their rulers, people who seem so powerful, yet it says the Lord brings them to nothing. Indeed, they quickly pass away, like a plant that dies as soon as it's planted. I wonder if you've had that before. I'm not a good one for doing things in the garden, as my family will tell you. But I imagine if you bought a plant from a garden centre, maybe brought it home, planted it, put it in a pot, put it in the flower bed... You don't want to see the next day looking out of the window that it's dead. But God is saying that is the way that rulers are. They may look impressive, but they don't last. They're like rubbish plants that you buy from a bad garden centre that die almost as soon as you put them in the ground. Or it says they're like chaff in a hurricane, in a whirlwind, or dust in a hurricane. It's a great image, isn't it? And what the Lord says of rulers and princes is true of any person we put our hope in. Are we tempted to put our hope in people? For them to be your hope is for them to be your saviour. It's not just about loving people or, or liking people or looking to people for help. No, for them to be your hope is to be your saviour. The person you depend on. Who will, you think, always be there for you, whenever you need them, and will never let you down? It could be you look to rulers, but it could be other people closer to you, maybe your parents, or spouse, or a friend. But the reality is that whoever it is, they can't take the weight of being your hope. 
they aren't that strong. One day, they will wither. That's the tragedy, isn't it? This shows the fragility of people and why it isn't wise to put our hope in them. Oh, we should love them, respect them, but they can't be our hope. But yet the Lord is entirely different, isn't he? Verse 26. Again we're to look, aren't we? Well, verse 25. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. The Lord God manoeuvres the universe. He brings out the starry host one by one. I presume this is, uh, if you think of an evening as the sun sets, as it gets dark and the stars appear one by one. If you live round here, you, you don't see many of them, do you? But when, if you get to a place where there isn't the light pollution, you see them coming out one by one and then many coming out. Uh, the array of the stars. And we name stars, don't we? I think if you discover a new one, you get to name it. God doesn't need to discover them to name them. He knows them all. And he calls them out, one by one, by their name, like very obedient dogs, calling them out. And they come. Imagine that. In the, when you next at dusk, looking up at the sky, and you see the stars coming out, just think, the Lord is calling them each out. One by one, by name. People may be fragile and short-lived, but the Lord is more permanent than the stars. And at the end of verse 26, he talks about his great power and mighty strength. Unlike people who are weak like plants, the Lord has great power and mighty strength. So there we are, the three things, the three rivals in the passage that Israel attempted to put their hope in, and maybe in some ways we are too. And God is saying to his people, they are all weak, those things. None of them are strong enough to put your hope in. But here is the Lord. Put your hope in him. Trust him for now and for the future. So the question is, What else are you tempted to put your hope in? Just be specific for a moment. Ask yourself, what are the big issues in your life at the moment? I'm not asking you to say them out loud, just think to yourself. And ask, what are you putting your hope in for that issue, for that situation? Just take a moment and think. Now, it isn't wrong to use medics or solicitors or get advice from family. But where you put your hope is more than that, isn't it? It's where you're resting your weight. The thing you're relying on to hold you up through that issue, whatever it is you've thought of. If that thing you're hoping in is anything other than the Lord, 
You need to see it as fragile. It can't support you. And that realisation can be very unsettling. But it is a kind unsettling that the Lord is doing. So we will see him and his greatness and put our hope in him who is strong and mighty. But we also need to realise that putting our hope in the Lord means not just trusting him to get us through situations, to get us through issues, but also for the destination. Just go back to the bridge analogy in the jungle. It's not just about the bridge being strong, it's also about where the bridge leads to, where the other end of the bridge is. After all, you might say, well, I put my hope in the Lord for my health, or for education, or for my grandchildren. But to what end? For healing? For high grades? For a happy family? But putting your hope in the Lord means trusting him for where he wants to take us. And we know that his purposes for his children are good. He promises that in Romans 8. That he works for the good of those who love him. who have been called according to his purposes. And we know that the ultimate purpose that he has is that all things will be brought under Jesus. That is his ultimate plan. So he will work for our good and he is working towards all things being brought under Jesus. But it may be that within that ultimate plan and working for our good, it may be that his purposes are that we don't get well that we don't get good grades and that our grandchildren aren't happy. That doesn't mean he has let you down. But our temptation, when things don't go the way we want them to, is to think, as verse 27 says, where it says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? That's what we're tempted to think, isn't it? We say, well, I put my trust in the Lord, I put my hope in him, and he let me down because he didn't do what I was hoping he would. And therefore, God, where are you? Is my way disregarded by you? Is my way hidden from you? Have you disregarded me? And then we're tempted to put our hope in something else. But Isaiah says, verse 28... Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So, take another moment. And for that issue that you thought about before, pray to the Lord. Put your hope in him. Take a moment now to do that. <laughs> 